Good morning, Matt. Good morning. How's it going out there in uh, wild um, Washington Square? It's an exciting place. It is garbage day. Oh. So there are. Wait, is there ever a day that's of, not garbage day in New York? Well, not on my street anyway, because uh. the, the garbage collection people always show up right underneath my bedroom window at uh, 430, no matter what. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if there's uh, they're off schedule or something, but there's big piles of garbage on the sidewalk today. So, yeah, I noticed that out here, too. I don't know if there's like that that one day a year where either everybody had a lot had a big party the night before, which I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Columbus Day. No, that's what it is. It was Columbus Day. Columbus Day parties. People yeah. got very excited. Um, also known as Indigenous People's Day. That's right. Sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just think that um, I'm all for that. I'm very pro, you know, um, rebranding for more fairness. Um, but I think that when we come up with these new names, whoever does that, like Indigenous People's Day or something, mm-hmm. they need to be more savvy. They need someone with more flair. Oh, well, that could be. It's just a personal commentary, like Mm -hmm. indigenous people. You know, it's like, um, it could be something like, uh, screw you, we were here first day. Uh, That's true, but that's kind of um, a mouthful, right? You can't can't fit that on a calendar square. Columbus Day, that's for screw you people. Uh, Screw you people day. Screw you people day. I I Uh, think that would be fine. I think you'd have a lot of supporters for that. Yeah. I'm sure the PTA would love that. (laughs) Good morning, everyone. Good morning, class. It's Columbus Day, or as we also call it, Screw You People Day. Screw you. It's just misanthrope day. It's just general. Mm -hmm. It's just a day. That's how it evolves. See, I can't help but doing a what the if, even on this little chit chat. Yeah. It becomes, uh, it it, it brings down civilization. This one thing. This is why we don't do it. We're very smart. Mm-hmm. Um, now, um, I did have an idea. Um, we always talk about first contact mm-hmm. with aliens. It's a favorite topic of mine and I'm not the only one. Sure. Um, and so in thinking about that, I was also noticing how, um, as I was mentioning before the show, we were talking about our previous episodes and I was noting how interesting it is, how quickly a tiny idea, um, a little tweak, um, can blow up, you know, I mean, that is what we're doing here. If you're new to the show, it's called what the if, where we're basically asking what if, but we put a the in the middle. Mm -hmm. That's, it's like the special sauce. That's right. Two whole beef, like the 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 what and the if are the two whole beef pat. No, the the buns. Uh, the, uh, yeah, I guess the buns. That's right. And the the, which you typically just think of as a small participle or something, mm-hmm. is actually two whole beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, tomato, something like that. It's a Big Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, we are not sponsored by McDonald's today, unfortunately. Uh, that is correct. What the if would happen if we had 
big dollars. Corporate sponsors. Corporate yeah. sponsors. That, you know, that would really dampen our creativity, I think. Mm-hmm. Anyway, getting back to our, uh, what I'm saying. What the if? This is the show where we say what if, but we say it with attitude because we get very into it. Um, we start thinking of cheeseburgers and, you know, who, who knows what will happen after that. Um, and uh, we see more and more of you joining us each week, which I'm really excited about. Uh, that means uh, we got a lot of minds spinning out there. And, um, you know, we could certainly use your contributions, um, your ideas. Uh, and uh, if you want to contact us, we'd love to hear from you. Um, I'm going to get an email address so we can do that, but I haven't set that up yet. So for now, um, go to our website, which, by the way, go to our website anyway. You can see all our previous episodes. You can find out who are these two crazy guys um, and all kinds of other information to spur your mind. Um, Whattheif.com. Whattheif.com. There's a button there. It says contact. Click that and you can write us a note. Um, and, uh, we'll, if we like it, and if you want us to, we'll read it on the air. Mm. Um, or, you know, this doesn't actually go through the air. So maybe it, we would, we really should say we'll read it in the light, uh, the cable up. Yeah. So in the glass, it would be in right? the glass we're inside in the, the fiber optics, that's yeah. fiber optic. That's the word mm-hmm. inside the fiber optic ca- cable. I can't say that fiber, fiber, fiber optic need more fiber. Um, so, first contact. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I guess there are ideas you just can never get out of your head, and uh, you become obsessed with it. But this is certainly mm-hmm. something that science fiction deals with a lot. Sure. Um, which maybe as a kid starting to read science fiction, that's where it gets the idea gets planted. Books and movies, comic books, if you're into that. Um, and I was thinking, well, what's the smallest, like, uh, contact we could have in a way or, or smallest, you know, um, verification or, you know, just whatever indication that right. there are okay. alien, that there is another civilization out there. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, in, in the movie independence day, uh, in, I think, don't they discover it by like a gigantic ship shows up hovering over New York? Uh, yeah, I think they detect it like as it's passing the moon or something, but yes, essentially giant thing shows up in the sky. Right. Um, yeah. And that's sort of, I think that's the, the paradigmatic contact version, right? Indisputably alien advanced entity appears. Right. Right. And then we have to interact with them. Right. Oh, Um, I know it. So first contact in independence day is as in so many B movies, mm -hmm. you're looking at the moon. It's it's in sunlight and then a shadow crosses the shadow yeah so that that, that's how that begins but then boom i mean if you thought that was subtle and cool it is but then boom hey here's a big ship we're here okay not much mystery there yeah oh and by the way they're jerks (laughs) oh sure yeah and i should say you know actually speaking of columbus day that's the that's the metaphor we work from for first contact right is that the aliens are now uh Columbus's ships and we humans are the people living in the Americas beforehand. Right. So they, they this, this mysterious, possibly malevolent group shows up. All right. So that's the metaphor we use. Yeah. Um, but it's certainly not the only metaphor you might use for that kind of contact. Right. right. Um, so, you know, if you think about generally contact between the industrialized and non-industrialized world, it's not the case that we, 
we as the industrialized world is, are regularly poking around, I don't know, in the Amazon looking to have conversations with people we haven't met before. But much more likely is um, they get a plastic bag washed up on the shore of the Amazon full of crud that somebody dropped overboard, right? Um, or uh, Do we have stories some, of like- some rusty piece of metal? Well, I mean, there's um, – yeah, I don't know how many of them are actually true, right? <laughs> but right, but right. if you think of like um, if you uh, if you think of all of the objects on the planet Earth, and you picked a random one, that object is probably going to be a piece of garbage. Okay, it's not likely to be, um, you know, the Encyclopedia Britannica or an iPhone. Uh, it's probably going to be some piece of junk that someone threw away thirty years ago, right? So if if you do the same kind of math. For aliens, so you know, there's a galactic civilization out there, and we happen, we humans happen across one of their artifacts. It's much more likely to just be a piece of their junk than it is <laughs> to be the key to their civilization, right? Right. Um, in fact, so in archaeology, then, didn't didn't you mention once you worked on an archaeological site? Yeah, that's right. And and is it is it true? I think that right that when you do archaeology, um, the trash is what you find. Yeah, most. that's right. Because if it's uh, useful things keep getting used over time, right? People don't throw out the useful things. Right. They throw out the garbage and then the garbage gets forgotten about and stays there until archaeologists find it. Right, right. right. Um, so if we're poking around on the moon, uh, you know, we want to find a 2001 style perfect artifact that's there to be seen and communicated with. Yes. But really, we're going to find... Um, the garbage pile, like where, you know, Matt Damon gets his uh, poop from in The Martian. Right. Remember that? Well, in fact, That's- yeah, you reminded me, like, when you go, when you go sort of archaeology, but also, like, when you go hiking in the woods, or, mm-hmm. um, or, or let's say scientists, you know, when um, geologists, when they're out, or archaeologists are out and they're digging, um, they'll find, like, uh Signs of um, early humans, maybe, mm-hmm. by this might have been like a little campsite where they stopped for the night or for a few days, right. and they left just a few things, mm-hmm. and all the wood or any biological thing is gone, but uh, you may get something fossilized, uh, like poop. Right. <laughs> yeah, and you can you, know, you, you can yeah. learn a lot from that kind of stuff, right? You find a cave with some butchered animal bones from 100,000 years ago, you can learn a lot about Neanderthal culture from what kind of animal was it and how were the bones butchered and can you figure out what kind of tool they used and was it cooked, right? Those are all really useful things to know. Right. Um, So the question is, I think, could we do that with an artifact that's more advanced than us? Right. You know, it's interesting. I remember I was um, in Mexico uh, one summer traveling, exploring, and um, went to an archaeological site uh, that was not one of like the major, major ones. Like, we went to Monte Alban and, you know, big pyramid sites, Teotihuacan. Mm-hmm. But um, I can't remember the name of it. I mean, it's, it's not unknown, but, it, it, but it's a small one. And they haven't done a lot of, um, or it, they haven't done a lot of restoration, if any. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a, um, it was kind of on the, the bottoms, like the foothills of a mountain, bottom slopes. And it was, uh, you just saw... Um, the walls, the bottoms of the walls 
of like a whole right. bunch of mm-hmm. bu- buildings or rooms, you know. So it was like looking down on a floor plan that was made of stone. And um, that was kind of it. And uh, then there was a sign and it said, if you go up this way, go through this path, go up the hill through a little bit through the woods and then under some giant rocks, there's a grave site. So we did that and that was really cool. And there was a little sign there and then walked back out of that cave and realized that the ground was covered as far as the eye could see with pottery shards. Oh, wow. That's really great. And at first I thought, okay, well, is it possible that this is like people come here and they camp and then they smash them? (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. I mean, I think that was, um, they've yet to clean it up. There was just nothing. It was just like there. Yep. A lot of these old sites are covered in pottery shards. Oh, really? Potter, yeah, it's old, you know, old style pottery breaks easily right. um, and is easily replaced even with old technology. So you get literal piles of it um, around a lot of these sites. And right. again, that's really useful because you can tell, uh, you know, when that was made and the kind of techniques used to, to produce those pieces of pottery. And sometimes they're written on. Right. Um because, you know, paper is a actually pretty advanced piece of technology and pottery shards are great for just marking random stuff right. on. Um, so often we get lots of pieces of, of information. Oh, like so yeah. I imagine, uh, I'm trying, again, trying to think of what's the most subtle in a way or the smallest, yeah. uh, most mundane piece of uh, alien trash that we might find. Right. Well, okay, alien so- artifacts, it might be trash. Um, yeah, so let's say um, running with the McDonald's metaphor from earlier, who totally does not sponsor us. Does not. Um, right. You deserve uh, a break today. That's right. So it's the, let's say it's the alien equivalent of the wrapper of a big map. <laughs> right. A wrapper, um, yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, again, we, you know, we're because we encounter lots of Big Mac wrappers, we don't think of them as particularly significant. Right. But if it was the only indication of our civilization right like what could we learn from that thing cool right because it's got writing on it that's right um and it's actually i should say i haven't been to a mcdonald's in a while um but as i recall their paper with probably a slight plastic um Mm -hmm. a very thin plastic coating right to to make it waterproof Mm. um and probably also some thermal insulation too so uh, so yeah, so it would have some writing on it, and it would be a corporate logo. Um, right, of course we wouldn't we wouldn't recognize it as a corporate logo, though. Right, so right. that would be the only instance of writing, um, but it would be repeated lots of times, so we could be sure it wasn't a mistake, I guess. Um, right. And then uh, let's see here. From the paper, you could figure out um, the general biochemistry of the planet because there's going to be. Uh, plant matter and therefore DNA wow. from trees packed in there, right? So, so let me just, let me set the scene here. I think that, mm-hmm. um, let's say we find this on the moon because that's yep. more likely, that right? Likely. Yep. Not, not, not much has changed up there. Mm-hmm. And also that um, I was thinking that it's not even that, like that's all we find is this one wrapper. So it's not yep. like they had a little campsite there and moved on. This was just floating in space. Yeah. And um, I was totally amazed to learn um, some time ago, but that there are Martian meteorites on the Earth that, right, I mean, there were pieces Mm -hmm. of Mars blasted, a meteor hit Mars 
Mm-hmm. And then those pieces went into space for a long time and came to the earth. Right. So f- there's yeah. like dust clouds floating in space. And in fact, speaking of very subtle and perhaps confusing signs, mm-hmm. when was that that there was the ALH, the Allen Hills meteorite, I think they called it. Oh, back in the 90s, you mean? It was the 90s, right? Yeah. Um, I, was with, <laughs> I was with my my best friend, Randy, and we were at uh, his family's house on Cape Cod. And the whole family's there, aunts, uncles, kids running around everything, grandpa. And um, we're watching the news, and it's the usual news. There was a this, there was a that happened in Boston. And um, life found on Mars. <laughs> Coming up now. What? And then there was a story, and they showed the story, and it's this meteorite mm-hmm. that might, they showed uh, close-ups of it. Um, these could be fossilized remnants of tracks of some extremely tiny bacteria, mm-hmm. something, protobacteria that might have wanted. And um, what would this mean? Well, that wouldn't, you know, and then they had uh, maybe Chris McKay or one of the great astrobiologists on, and he explained. It was like a little news report. And then it was over. And then the anchors, of course, made some joke about it. Now let's go see if there's any life in those Red Sox. <laughs> and that was stupid. And, and the then answer was no. One of, one of Randy's dear aunts stood up and she's like, Randy and I were just aghast. I mean, we're here with science fiction fanatics. You know, we probably mm-hmm. literally watched 2001 over and over and over again, frame by frame. And uh, we're just like, oh, my God. Oh my. And, and his aunt stands up. And with that, I'm off to bed. well yes that's american civilization for you right so so now of course anytime we randy and i discover something incredible (laughs) we have to say and with that i'm off to bed um Um, but no i remember that quite distinctly actually because coincidentally um it was when i was coming back from an archaeological dig Oh, and I wow. was just climbing onto the the plane at the Tel Aviv airport, and they had the newspapers laid out, and that was the the headline. Wow. Um, and I remember reading it over in, in extreme detail uh, on the very long flight home. Yeah. Uh, and that was also very shortly before Carl Sagan died. I think maybe a couple oh. weeks or something. Oh, wow. um, and I remember he had this this wonderful piece he wrote about uh, about being able to see that before he died. You know, he knew he was dying at the time. Oh, wow, um, cool. And I should say now th- those results are not generally accepted, right? It's, it's not right. accepted as, as firm evidence that uh, living things were on Mars. So this is, And yet there's still people you, that firmly, that just to end it, there, there are mm-hmm. still a decent number of respected people who are, are like, I don't know, I think it is. I mean, nobody knows yeah, for I mean, sure. But. That's right. Yeah, there's people who still think the the experiments on the Viking lander from the 70s right. show life too, right? So right. Um, you'll never get total total agreement on these things. Right. Um, but the the thing is that the um, let's see here the the smaller a piece of evidence you look for for something like extraterrestrial life, the more ambiguous it is as well. So. That's kind of the the trade-off. So if you say my standard for alien life is a shadow from the spacecraft on the moon, and you're like, okay, that's pretty (laughs) definitive, but the odds of you getting that are very slim. And then you say, all right, well, I'm willing to accept a Also, you are likely to be destroyed uh, instantly. Killed with a heat ray or abducted into the ship. That's right. And that's fine. (laughs) But because then you're sure, right? Or you might say my standard is the Big Mac wrapper, right? I want some some, uh, clearly artificial uh, thing 
Um, and then they say, well, that's more likely than the giant spacecraft showing up, right? Finding a piece of alien garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you say, I want, I want an, an alien protein. And you say, okay, well, that's more likely than a Big Mac wrapper. Um, but then, but then it gets kind of tricky because then you say, how do you distinguish an alien protein from an earth protein? And some biochemist right now is writing us a, a nasty email saying, <laughs> of course you can tell, it's right? It'll be this. And you say, and say well, it's it has a logo so on it. It has a logo. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, and then you say, well, if I can't get the protein, can I get some fossilized record of a protein? And that's where we get the, the rock, the HL rock um, from the 90s. Right. Uh, in a- which the we ALH, say, uh, by the way. H-A-L-H. Oh, ALH, sorry. Yes. There's something, <laughs> something totally different. Is yes. the killer computer. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so, so then, here, here's the thing. Yeah. It's just say, it's the thing what I was observing, and, and the thing that stunned me and Randy, um, was um, about the, the anchor people's reaction, and then his aunt. Um, <laughs> we spent, you know, our whole lives. We were probably in our twenties at that point. We spent our whole lives, you know, reading things like science fiction and nonfiction you know, by scientists like, uh, well, certainly any of the SETI people, Seth Shostak or uh, Jill Tarter or um, Carl Sagan, of course, and um, Isaac Asimov and things like that. And their general theory was like, you know, if we find evidence of life uh, now, of course, they're talking about receiving a radio signal, technological signal of some kind. But um, we have to prepare, you know, we have a whole statement prepared. We're not sure how the earth is going to react. I mean, it'll change religion it'll change you know people will just freak and mm-hmm. so i kind of expected that <laughs> now this is anecdotal evidence this one little news report on the tv in cape cod but we i was like wow i think <laughs> what is it? you know that, that, that's that would be the the world's reaction like okay let's go to bed right right um and this is and i think that's right again with this sort of spectrum of um definitely sure that is the alien spacecraft shadow has huge impact, but is hard to find. And then way on the other end of the spectrum is easy to find some piece of molecular evidence that nobody really cares about beyond the the, the grognards like us, right? Right. Um, but I'm going to guess, uh, you know, I just had a thought. I just had a mm-hmm. thought. I think the, uh, the difference was this was bacterial... I mean, it was like the limit of the limit of the limit. And and the news was like, maybe there was maybe some bacteria, maybe did this in a mm-hmm. rock. This, I mean, it was all maybe too complicated and abstract for people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think in really intelligence life, intelligent life is the only thing or the main thing that society at large is really Right. Yeah. That's what we really care about. Yeah. So that's right. So maybe what we care about is actually not smallest indication of life, but smallest indication of intelligent right, life. Right. 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 So maybe so this takes rap- us back to yeah. the, the Big Mac wrapper. Right. Yeah. Um, and that could be something um, because then because you can ask lots of interesting questions about a piece of garbage. Um uh, who used it? Why was it the same person who made it? Was, who used it? How did it get here? Was it unique? Um, and it turns out actually those questions are kind of hard 
to answer even for humans because this is what archaeologists, you know, spend their time. And this actually weirdly makes me think of the Antikythera mechanism. Have you ever heard of this? Yes, but tell people. Yeah. So this is so. There's this, um, and they just found a new uh, piece of it. I think they that's may right. Have. Yeah. Um, so it's this ancient Greek mechanical calculator. So you know, a couple thousand years old. That was right. pulled off the bottom of the Mediterranean, um, and it's a fantastically complicated device that no one really it's taken us about 100 years to to figure out its basic functions wow. um but we still don't know exactly what it was for or who it was made for um because until we found that one thing no one would have guessed that something like it existed so oh, we don't you mean it's more technologically advanced than we thought that society that, that was. we thought was possible that's right wow. if you'd asked a hundred years ago, or even actually say even like 20 years ago before we started making serious progress on it, you know, what's the most intricate mechanical thing the Greeks could have built? The answer would have been like, you know, a catapult or something, you know, neat, but not sophisticated. Whereas now, uh, you know, the Antikythera mechanism looks like something the Victorians could have built. Oh, wow. Uh, so, so it's a very, it looks like a very, very complex <laughs> clock. Right. Yep. That's, Very a good way to think about it. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's gears and wheels and things that right. all interact. Right. Um, and it can perform, you know, sophisticated mathematical calculations, which is, which is cool. Mm -hmm. Um, but we still don't have a sense of kind of where that fit into Greek society. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, was this the product of just one weirdo in their basement who happened to be a genius for these sorts of things? Wow. Or were these all over the place where they mass produced? And the answer is we don't, you know, we can make good guesses, uh, but we don't really know. And I think the alien garbage would be even worse because at least we're with Antikythera, we're sure humans made it and right. we have other knowledge of Greek civilization. But with the alien garbage, we have to infer everything from just that one piece. Right, um, right, right, right. And that's, uh, and that's messy, right? That's very difficult. So what do you, what do you think the um, uh, different agencies on Earth would respond, right? Oh, all right. And I so – what might they, um, like, I feel like, you know, um, for instance, secure, like one of the first questions is always like, okay, we need to know, is this old? We think it's old, but if not, yep. <laughs> where are they? Are they coming for us? And all that kind of stuff. Yep. Is there any um, way yeah, they could determine that? Well, I should say the human capability to make up stories about that kind of thing <laughs> is, is so infinite that I have no doubt that, you know, the, the Big Mac wrapper would be under heavy guard right. in some, you know, underground <laughs> laboratory with people watching it 24 right. hours a day. But, you know, it's a piece of garbage, right? But we didn't know. Right. For um, instance, I'm, I'm reminded of now of 2001 where they, um, it was like that the government, uh, actually, same, and then the, Spielberg used a similar idea in Close Encounters, that the government... Um, walls off the place and says there's a disease or something. It scares everybody away. Mm -hmm, so right. they're the only ones. So then basically the discovery, we're going to have to assume it was discovered. Let's say it was discovered by a NASA astronauts. Um, yep. On not, the moon, I think. E like if it was Elon Musk or his company, I think they <laughs> just blasted out. I think that's probably right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I should say, actually, my favorite sci-fi version of this story is, is somewhat obscure. It's a book called Roadside Picnic. Mm. Um, and it's actually a uh, Soviet era Russian sci-fi novel. So because it, it was produced by the Russians during the Cold War, it's kind of hard to track down. Um, but it is essentially this, that's a bunch of alien garbage um, 
appears on Earth sort of in dozens of sites. So it can't be easily controlled. This is important. So then there are these groups of people um, who sort of make their living exploring these garbage dumps. And they're insanely dangerous and totally incomprehensible. Um, but it captures well, what I love about it is it captures the feeling of trying to interact with totally mundane things that you don't understand at all. And because you don't understand even the, the basics, um, it's insanely dangerous. And this is actually the roadside picnic is the inspiration for the movie um, Stalker. I don't know if you've ever seen oh, that. Uh, so. um, by uh, Tarkovsky. Yeah. That's yeah, the one. yeah, 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 um, totally. So that's kind of an attempt. And, and I suspect also a huge influence on um, the Annihilation trilogy of books, mm. uh, which is coming out as a movie with uh, Natalie Portman soon too. Oh, okay. Um, but what I, what I like cool. about all of those is that they, they, they capture so effectively um, the sense of dealing with something that is so different that, and when we sort of assume that there must, we want to have some deep meaning to these things, but really, but really it's just a totally trivial thing to the other civilization. Um, but we just can't wrap our hands around it. Right. Um, and that's, that's what I find very invigorating. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, the biggest thing is that it's, it, yeah, maybe nothing for them, but for us, it's news of, well, yeah, of it's their very, existence. So. You know, so like, like we were saying earlier, the Big Mac wrapper, um, even though it's trivial to us, actually has all kinds of clues. So if we were materials, if you, if you took the alien Big Mac wrapper right. and you gave it to a bunch of material scientists, they <sighs> would be so excited. They would just like wet their pants with excitement because right. they're like, look, there's there are these polymers on the outside that we've never seen before. And if we figure out, you know, if, if you reverse engineer where the polymer comes from, um, then maybe, you know, our polymers come from, you know, dead dinosaurs. Right. So then maybe we can infer something about the, uh, you know, the past life on the planet and right. the, the method methods used to attach the polymer to the paper in the middle. Maybe there's a smear of secret sauce on it as well. Yeah. Um, right. And then that would be, a, that might be a clue to the biochemistry of the aliens too, right? They can digest this. Right. They can, they can, they can, they can digest the sauce, but not the wrapper. Um, we might be able to figure out what's tasty to the aliens, right? Oh, yeah. Um, but then if that's assuming that we know it's a food wrapper and not a biohazard container. Right. Right. But either either way, we're going to get some cool biology out of that. Right. It's a, isn't that interesting? I didn't even, when we talked about this, I didn't even think, oh, yeah, there would be biological evidence. So, by the way, uh, it sounds like we know that the SETI guys, uh, Seth Shostak often talks about uh, how, and, and Jill Tarter, how they have um, champagne in the fridge uh, or yes. champagne on ice. Um for the day that they hear a uh, alien signal in their antennas, it sounds like these uh, these a these astrobiologists um, have like a box of diapers standing because <laughs> yeah. they're like, okay, this is how important might this be? This might be wet your pants level. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Right. WYP. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep, I like that 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 that, that framing. <laughs> um, so, in terms of the you know impact on the planet, you know, on, on, on human society, that's hard to judge because of course we've all, all the scenarios are the Sagan-esque, um, enlightened message from the sky telling us the things we want to know. Right. But, but much more likely is even if it's a message from the sky, it's more likely to be, um, a Simpsons episode than an intentional broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and that would be great. 
I guess. <laughs> um, it's it's kind of hard to imagine, uh, you know, all of human religion suddenly changing its foundations based on a Simpsons episode. Oh, okay. Maybe, oh, this maybe, is maybe yeah. if it was a really good episode, like Monorail, <laughs> like that's a really good episode. That's right. Yeah. I mean, definitely have to be one of the musical episodes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, um, the, uh, here's what I imagine. It's funny because I said, well, it could be NASA that finds it or it could be Elon Musk. I'm actually going to imagine, <coughs> excuse me, got a cold, I got an alien virus. Um, I think that's, it's, it's more likely that uh, by the time we get back to the moon, it, it might very well be, um, you know, non-governmental, uh, just independent sure. people. Yeah. So let's say it's, it's one of Elon Musk's teams um, or Jeff Bezos, but I, I'm kind of more partial to Elon. He's cooler. So sorry, Jeff. Uh, SpaceX <laughs> discovers you know, SpaceX astronauts um, land on the moon. Um, they're looking to build a base and uh, they're just plotting it out, whatever. And then they come across this thing and it's probably yeah. a little bit buried maybe, mm-hmm. Um but, yeah, um, just to protect it from cosmic rays and things. Yeah. Right. And they pick it up now. And then the astronauts uh, are like, wow, this is awesome. And uh, he pulls out his iPhone and um, uh, or Android phone. Probably going to be Android phone. That's true. It could be Android. Yeah. Pulls out a phone and goes on Facebook Live and mm-hmm. is like, dude, look what I found. And the whole world sees live this discovery. Um, that's, which makes me think interestingly, actually it's the way you present it, you know, this Mars, um, if the Mars meteor had been found, um, it, it required an elect, uh, electron microscope, right. Or something super powerful to see the inside, yeah. cut it open, look inside and whatever. Um, but if, if we had had a, someone who discovered it in Antarctica and then had gone on Facebook live or, you know, whatever broadcasting system right. and, uh, said, look, I found this thing and, and really hyped it up like a story, people probably would have freaked. <clears throat> well, I wonder, but you know, Maybe not. the internet, the internet is full this very instant of people saying they have evidence of aliens, right? Right. Um, and you know, crystal pyramid at the bottom of the Bermuda triangle and things. And those, uh, for the most part, those stories and those claims do not change human civilization because they're not thought of as credible or significant. Right. Um, so, so there's gotta be, there's some turnover point. Right. Um, but certainly, which, so SpaceX astronauts. Yeah, so SpaceX might be that point. Yeah. Um, but that's, uh, but that again is, is a thing to think about that. Not all, <clears throat> not all reports, um, of the alien Big Mac wrapper are going to be taken as seriously. Right. Um, and, and I'll bet, you know, Elon Musk is the kind of guy who would, who would who would have a contingency for this mm-hmm. right there's there's something in your contract to when you work for him yeah um that if you find an alien artifact you have to give it to elon right first yeah, right? you know that's true so he can tweet it yeah yeah i think that's right because he wa- he wants the the credit for right. that right? he elon. wants the retweets yeah. <laughs> that's right he wants the retweets. <laughs> <laughs> in fact that's probably the whole <laughs> all <laughs> of spacex yeah, it's designed uh, to get retweets. For that's right. Yeah, and you can imagine that uh, you know. So the Big Mac wrapper um, has has survived on the surface of the moon, relatively intact for however millions of years right. it's been since the aliens were here. Right. Right. right so right. so Elon 
um, looks at this and he gives it to his materials scientists and says, you know, is there anything useful from this? And they say, yes, <laughs> we have something uh, that, that can survive, an artificial thing that can survive the vacuum of space for millions of years. Right. This will let us create widgets that can do all sorts of different things, right? So wow. whatever you do, don't tell anybody about it. Wow, and right. So, so I can imagine the corporate conspiracy version of this uh, in which the corporation decides that the billions of dollars they can make based on this wrapper are worth more than the retweets he's going to get. Right, right. And also, you know, the way archaeology really works or, you, you know, your next thought is like, okay, well, we found this one. What else is here? And that's right. There are the stories, rest. right, of um, an archaeologist finding some small thing and starting to dig and then realizing they found the biggest, you know, complex alien uh, or alien um, ancient mm -hmm pyramid complex or something in the yeah, jungle. Yeah, that's right. Because that's the, that's the clue that there's more there. Right. The, it's a, thread, a little thread. You pull this little thing. Mm -hmm. So Elon is probably thinking, wow, I went up here to make this base, first for science and then for tourism. And mm -hmm. if I happen to have landed on what could be a vast alien, uh, ancient alien complex of some kind. Right. Um, that's going to be, he's going to keep that secret too. Well, that's the, that's the question, right? As we've, uh, again, we, the, the story we like to tell is, um, the, the Carl Sagan version where the enlightened scientist is the one who receives the message and is devoted to the cause of truth and tells everybody about it. Right? Um, but again, if you pick a random human off the planet who it's probably not going to be Carl Sagan, um, it's going to be, I don't know, Homer Simpson, right? Right. Uh, with a totally different set of values and inclinations for, for what to do with this uh, sort of thing. Right. right. Um, so you can imagine it, so you can imagine it ends up, um, as a, a sideshow on Coney Island and you pay five bucks to see the weird thing. Okay. <gasps> Um, that's, wow. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, it seems to me that's as possible as it gets broadcast to enlightened humanity. It's also it, sort of, sort of like the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark where the Ark finally mm -hmm. makes its way to the library of, or the, yeah, the archives, right? Yeah, National right. Archives, mm -hmm. yep. And is taken into this vast warehouse and it's just one of a billions of weird stuff that's mm -hmm. just kept in there. Yeah, um, that's right. Because to somebody, that's the that's the best way to use this thing, right? Humans have lots of different uh, different goals and values right, right. for dealing with the unknown, uh, um, uh, and there's no telling, you know, kind of which which of those people are going to be the ones who find it. Right, <laughs> the Big Mac, the alien Big Mac grabber. So right now, in Coney Island, or choose your local boardwalk uh, yeah. carnival place. Um, someone might be showing something which is genuinely, well, they would have to be, have, you know, one of the Apollo astronauts would have had to brought it back secretly and then just. Yep. Well, and that could be right. Yeah. You yeah. stick it in your pocket. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if, um, I, I feel like another thing that would happen would be immediately all the nations, like there would be a moon race on because yes, they're now going to scour right. the entire moon. Um, and there's another reason to keep it secret. Uh, yeah, that's right. And that's right. And that's why, and I think that's the reasoning behind, you know, in 2001, 
um, is, you know, pretending there's something wrong with the base to keep people from, right. from going there. Right. Um, so they have control over it. Um, and that's, uh, and again, that's the, you know, that's the beauty of the alien message versus the alien artifact is the alien message anybody can receive. So it's much harder to control. Uh, whereas the big Mac wrapper, you can literally stick in your pocket right. and walk away. Right. Um, and and bring it to Coney Island. Right. <laughs> so so just to wrap up, I'm curious what what's the the long list of um, things that scientists would try to find out from this thing. So we talked about okay, there's oh, okay, food yeah. food uh, mm-hmm. possibilities. Um, there would have to be the material itself. You know, right. is it a soup? Is it a kind of material we've never seen? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the more interesting things that comes to mind for me would be that they'd like to know where it came from, what direction or whatever. That yes. would be a real challenge okay. based on its angle. And Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah, so how did it, you know, did it fall onto the moon? Was it dropped there? Is right. it like at a, is it like at a, a roadside rest stop where you open up the car door for a second and something falls out? <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> there's lots of possibility there. And even though, you know, we mentioned the corporate logo, is there writing on it? Um, uh, is there a date? Uh, it would be great if it was like one of those um, kids' meal menus that had, you know, the games on meal. the back. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. Um, Little action it, figure. What, that's right. What shape is it? Right. I think Big Mac wrappers are probably square. Right. Um, but maybe the aliens is a tesseract. You know, I don't know. Right. right. Um, oh, that'd be uh, even weirder if it turns out <laughs> it's actually a multi-dimensional object. <laughs> it's actually the creature itself. Uh, well, it could be, right? I mean, if you drop a three-dimensional Big Mac wrapper onto a two-dimensional uh, civilization, they're gonna it's going to be a really puzzling object. Oh, wow. Uh, so that's what it is. It's a multi-dimensional thing. But at, <laughs> at the very least, I think this, this indicates uh, one of the most powerful things I remember Chris McKay saying, and of course all astrobiologists remind us, that just one thing it, it we would be crossing such a major threshold um mm-hmm. that we now know there's life out there and intelligent life because yep. you know at least that at least at the level of eating big macs making big macs that's not that's no small feat and um now i was thinking not only would there be hopefully not just a rush to the moon but a huge reinvigoration I mean, we're doing quite well but like a real boost to the exploration of the whole solar system because I mean, the fact that you now know it could be out there totally changes mm-hmm. your attitude, right? I feel yep. like that's one thing that yep. keeps us so right. slow, perhaps. Um, yeah, I think that's right. It's an indication that even the slightest indication uh, of a technological civilization, a piece of garbage, might be enough to jumpstart exploration in a new kind of way. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. All right. Well, again, another story that I'd like to continue. What we do is, by the way, if there's any, any budding, aspiring or practicing science fiction writers out there, uh, you know, maybe maybe someday we'll, we'll have a, like a little contest where we'll just say, hey, take one of these things, write some little short story based on one of these ideas. And we can have a contest for who comes up with the best. Um, but uh, I'd also love to hear, how do you brainstorm ideas? I feel like this is a big, this is kind of how a science fiction writer would do it. Um, I'd love to know your different uh, methods. Yeah. Okay. How do you come up with what the ifs? What do you mm-hmm. do when a what the if comes to your mind? Um, what the if.com is the website. Please go there. Um, check it out. Listen to 
all kinds of previous episodes and click the contact button, say hello. Also click subscribe. Um, you can then uh, sign up through iTunes or whatever your favorite podcatcher is, and then you'll automatically get each new episode. Um, if you happen to go to iTunes, one last request, give us a review. Give us five stars. I mean, uh, McDonald's is going to look at how many stars we get before they decide <laughs> to advertise Big Mac. Um, and uh, I think they're going to be interested once they find out. So, by the way, I love McDonald's. Uh, I, I happen to know uh, Morgan Spurlock, who made a movie trashing McDonald's. Ah, Super nice. me, rightfully so. But oh man, I just every time I walk by one, I fight to not go in. So. Here's to you. You deserve a break today, aliens. Um, thank you, Matt. Another spectacular day. Righto. Adieu. Talk to you soon. All right, sir. Bye. <laughs>